All right, how are you guys doing this evening? Everybody doing good? Awesome. Love seeing that, man, the house is filling up again. Awesome. You guys had a good New Year's. Anybody have a good New Year's Eve? All right, good. We had a good time as well. Tonight is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to pray, and I just want us to set our expectation tonight, because I think that what we're going to be doing is, is, is very significant uh, for our future as a church, but it's also uh, something that we can take these same principles that I'm going to lay out for you and put in many different areas of our lives. So come with expectation as we get ready to receive uh, the, the reading of the Word and the, the preaching of the Word. Lord, we, we just come with that expectation, that anticipation that you are here, that your word is living and active. But even beyond that, we know that your presence is here and it's real right now. And, it's, and we believe with expectation that you're going to do something this evening in our hearts that will, I, I say it every, almost, almost every time, at least in my prayers, that it will mark us. We don't come together just to pass the time. We come together to encounter. And anytime we encounter you, I believe that it leaves something on us and with us. And so we expect that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We are starting a new series called Stand in the Gap. Now, we've done a series called this before, and you'll see why it ties together as well. But we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. It says this, I looked for someone, this was God talking, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I would not have to destroy the land, but I found no one. It's an interesting scripture. I don't have time to unpack all of the backstory of what's happening. I'm really just pulling this scripture out as an example of what God does a lot of times that he's looking for people to stand in the gap. I kind of put it this way. Do you realize that God always has a help wanted sign? <laughs> he always has a help wanted sign. So just picture this, God with a help wanted sign. You say, why would God have a help wanted sign? I mean, he, it's not because he's desperate. It's because he's generous. It's because God could do anything and everything he wants to do, but instead he, he allows us to participate in his work on the planet. It's because not because he's a desperate God, not because he's an incapable God. It's because he's a generous God and a loving God that he invites us to participate with him in what he is doing. And so you could look at it in one way that God always has a help wanted sign. He's always looking for someone to use to stand in a gap somewhere in life. He's always looking for someone to be used by him for his glory. How many of you guys are excited that God still wants to use you? Amen? I mean, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, God will still use you, and God is still searching, just like in this scripture, and just like in that, that day, I believe God is still searching for people who will stand in the gap. Now, the gap may look different for different people, but he is searching for people, and I'm going to declare as we enter this new year, I'm just going to speak, and I believe it's, it's prophetically, that as we enter this 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 new season right now, that there are going to be new ways and new opportunities that God wants to put in front of you, that God will use you. Now, that may sound like a simple word, but I'm going to speak it out again, that God wants to, as we enter this new season, he's going to open up new ways and new opportunities for you to be used by him if you're brave enough to walk through the door. And we should anticipate that with expectation and faith as we walk in to 2019. Now, I don't know if you're like me, though. Sometimes when I get excited about something like that, and it doesn't exactly happen. How many of you guys have ever had something like that happen before where you're like, man, this is a new season, this is a new opportunity, and then it didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to go. And then all of a sudden you find yourself kind of stuck in a rut 
when it doesn't happen exactly the way we think. It doesn't happen when we think or how we think or where we think. We end up being paralyzed sometimes and we end up just getting stuck and not moving anywhere. How many of you guys have felt that way before in your life? Maybe you're in that season right now. You're like, I don't know. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I keep, I just, I want to make progress. I get excited about what God is doing, but then I just seem to be stuck. It reminds me of when I was a kid and my dad was, we were on vacation. We were, I, I say vacation because we were always in ministry. And so my dad, he, he bought this trailer because he heard of somebody who needed these tracks, which are like gospel tracks. Many of you guys know what those are. He, he heard of somebody in Florida that needed 10,000 gospel tracks. So he bought a trailer, drove to Ohio, and then to, to pick up the tracks, and then drove to Florida to deliver them. Why? I have no idea. And he called that a vacation for us. And so we all piled in. And uh, we're on this 3,000-mile journey of this whole trip that's, we're in the, uh, the back of the pickup truck with the camper shell on, and we're, you know, boys uh, just having fun. And I remember this one time, it's late at night. How many of you guys have these stories from vacation that it's like, you think back on them later and they're fun, but in the moment, you're like, what were we doing, you know? And so this one time, we're driving through this town late at night. I mean, it's late at night. We're just like, come on. We're, it's just, and my dad, he drives through this little small town. He sees a gas station, passes by it, sees another one. The problem is the second one was one cent more for gas. So it's late at night. He decides to pull into this vacant parking lot to turn around because he got all excited about saving one cent for, for gas. I don't know if 25 gallons, you're, you're saving not hardly anything, right? So he pulls in with this big trailer weighed down with all these tracks. He pulls into this, this parking lot. Turns out not to be a parking lot. It's just a muddy pit of a place. We drive in. We immediately sink to the ground. He, in classic fashion, boys get out and push. So we're out there in, pushing in the, in the middle of the night. Mud's flying all over us. And, and we had to stay there all night and wait until morning until a tow truck could come and get us out. Now, why did I share that story? I can't remember now. Um, no, it's, it's be, I mean, it was a long night. We, what we got excited about, all of a sudden we were just stuck. And I think sometimes there's just like a picture. I thought about that this week. There's kind of a picture of the way we get when we get excited about something God wants to do. That, that sometimes we get so excited about it that it, it, we end up finding ourselves in a place that we thought, well, maybe this was it, maybe that was it, and we end up finding ourselves stuck. And some of you guys might be enduring that long night right now. You might be in that season right now where you know God has good things for you, you know God wants to use you, you know God wants you to stand in the gap somewhere, you got excited about it, and now you feel stuck. So what do you do in those situations? I want to give you a couple thoughts. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts. And the first thought, when you find yourself stuck, when you say, I know that God wants to do something in my life, but I feel stuck, the first thing you need to do, I'm going to give you a word. And the first word is this, replay. Replay the goodness of God in your life. Don't sit there and look about how, at your situation, how stuck you are. Go back and replay the goodness of God in your life. Psalm chapter 77 Verse 11 and 12 says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. This is a practice. This ought to be a habit in our life of going back and replaying over and over again the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. 
But let me ask you a question. How many of you guys can remember what you did on January 5th, which that's today, January 5th, 2015? Can anybody remember, does anybody remember what you did on January 5th, 2015? Okay, nobody. You know you did something, though, right? I mean, you're human. You know you had emotions. There was probably things you were excited about or maybe problems you dealt with. But most of us don't remember. I could pick any random day, and most of the time you wouldn't be able to recall it. Now, why couldn't you recall it? Because maybe something interesting just didn't happen. If it was the day you got married, if it was you know, some big situation, you, you would have remembered it, and it would have stuck out. But the thing is, your brain remembers time, or it really measures our time in our memories, right? So we kind of calculate and accumulate the time of our life, I guess you could say, by the memories that we have of our life. And yet so many times we don't remember much of the days that we have. Many times months go by that just kind of seem to disappear into this black hole of time that we seem to never have again, right? And so there are whole years of our life that maybe because nothing memorable happened, it's as if it never happened. And so really the, the summation of our life, it can really be summed up in the collection of memories that we have. Now, why is that important for us? Because I think it's important in this way. If memories are how we experience our life after the moment has happened then our, the memories we have ought to be really important, right? Because really, they are a collection of our life. Now, here's the good news in all of that. Here's the good news. We have an opportunity to, re, to remember things and to hold on to certain memories and not others. So in other words, it, my relationship with God could disappear into this black hole of time that I never remember, and it's as if that hasn't happened, even though it has. I know I'm, so I've lost some of you. Some, how are you guys are still with me? Anybody still with me? All right, half of the people, I'll take it, all right? I'll take it. The point is this. We have the opportunity to cultivate and to collect and create, basically, the collection of what our life is. We can collect bad memories, and look back upon that, and that's what our life is. We can collect good memories, and since that's the only way we can look back on our life, and it's the only collection of our life that we can carry forward, then it could be good or bad. Why does the Bible over and over again say, remember, 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 look back, Look back on the faithfulness of God. It's because God knows that if we can collect the faithful memories of God, whenever we get into a place where we're stuck, we will look back on our life, and most of our life will look like God has been in it. And when God has been in your life, you now have the confidence to take a step forward. But if your life is just a collection of bad memories and you haven't been intentional about that, then you will be hesitant to step forward. You'll be hesitant to walk by faith. So the Bible reminds us over and over again, replay, replay, replay. And the more you replay the goodness of God, the more memories you have of God, the more collection of time that you can look back on and say, that really is my life, then, then we begin to create the type of life that allows us to move forward beyond being stuck. Is anybody getting this this evening? Okay, because this is good for somebody, okay? I'll take one person will get it. That's good enough for me. So as a church, 
we get to look back as a church on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. So I was thinking this week, I was reminded as I was walking around the building, and I remember when we first came into this building. In fact, I remember before we, well, we were still mobile in the school, and we were saying, God, how are we ever going to move beyond this? We don't have enough funds. We don't have an opportunity. How can we move beyond this? And all of a sudden, God dropped this opportunity of a space that we could meet in permanently. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be fun to look back at that moment six years ago when we were preparing to move into this building and we began to, to build it out? And I thought, man, let's replay that. So let's watch that six years ago. All right, last week I announced that uh, Journey Church has a new home, and uh, this is going to be a great place where we can come in and see people change, lives change, people who come in without hope be able to have hope, and kids will come in and hear the Word of God, uh, some of them for the very first time, and they'll grow up here, and, and so there's a lot of great things we're looking forward to in this space. It's more than just not having to set up and tear down anymore, it's about lives being changed. But before all that happens, we've got to get in here and we've got to remodel this place. We're talking with architects and the city right now and the best use of this space and how we can get the most out of it. Uh, but it's going to take a sacrifice from us. And so here's what we're going to do. December 16th, we're going to come together. We're going to put our best foot forward. We're going to come and give a, a greater things offering. Uh, this past fall, I did a series called Overflow, and we had a prayer for that series. And it was, God, do a greater work in me so that you can do a greater work through me. And now's the time we can look all around us. There are people sitting all around you right now, friends, friends family, co-workers, our kids who we know have been touched by the ministry of this church and we know that there's been a greater work in us. Now it's time to, to ask, God, what might you want to do through me to help take us to the next level? Can we celebrate where we've come from? Just, just out of curiosity, how many of you guys were with us back at the school? Anybody? All right, look around. These guys have been here for a while, but that was six years ago. And look back at how much has happened in six years. And we can just be reminded of the faithfulness of God. How many of you guys have seen the faithfulness of God in your own life? Can you think about that? And for those of you guys who are, you know, you're trying to, maybe, maybe you can't think of something, you can't think of a specific situation or event, I just want to remind you of, of just zooming out and reminding you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can meditate on that. That even when, you know, the Bible says that there's none righteous, not, not one, but Jesus died on the cross and he gave us the gift of his righteousness so that we could be right before God. The, the fact that we couldn't make it on our own, we couldn't make, earn our way back to God, but Jesus died and rose from the dead and the curtain tore and we, he gave us access to the Father. 
Man, we can look and we can re- hit repeat on that over and over again. If you can do nothing else, just hit repeat on that thought over and over and over again, and you'll begin to replay the goodness of God. So if you find yourself stuck, hit replay. <laughs> hit replay. Second thing is this, second word is this, pre-play. This is a little bit more difficult. We replay the goodness of God, but pre-play is really by faith seeing what God wants to do next. And beginning in our faith imagination and with our faith eyes, beginning to look by faith as to what God wants to do. And we begin to pre-play, have a preview in our spirit of what God wants to do. And then we begin to lock on to what the Holy Spirit deposits in our heart and begin to walk towards that by faith. Replay, and then we pre-play. Now, the thing is, we don't always have a clear picture. Sometimes we just get part of the picture. Sometimes we don't know, and that's where it's tricky. It's, it's, uh, how many of you guys like to have everything planned before you'll take the next step? Anybody like to have, just go ahead and own it, own it. Some of you guys, there's some areas of my life that I'm like that. There's other areas of my life, many of you guys know this about us, but you know, like the one year we just decided we're going on vacation, as a family, I loaded up my five kids in my vehicle. We get, we're, getting, we're all packed. We're sitting there in the car, and I say, kids, what direction do you want to go? North, south, east, or west? They picked a direction. We started heading north. We started driving. I said, which state do you want to go to next? Do you want to go to Iowa? Do you, and I'm, we be, they picked the state. Now, some of you guys, how many of you guys, that would just drive you insane? Any of you guys are exploding right now. You're like, this is not possible. Five kids, how do you do that? I, you know, how do you do that? Well, it does come with risks like projectile vomit from the back that same evening. You know, you have to pull in, you have to find a hotel room, which by the way, if you have five kids, it's very hard to find one hotel room that they'll let you stay in. So we have a strategy, we sneak kids in. <laughs> We do have a strategy. We show up late at night, hoping to get the manager who doesn't care, and we try to avoid telling him how many kids we have. We walk in in a bunch, try to hide one or two along the way, and uh, it turned out to be one of the best vacations we ever had. Sometimes you step out into the unknown, and God has things planned for you you never knew were out there. This happened, but see, sometimes we want to have everything planned out, and we think that there's something wrong if we don't know the next step all the time. Do you realize that just because you don't know the next step, it doesn't mean that God isn't leading you? Because it's as we take a step that God begins to direct our steps. We see this in Acts chapter 16. We see these mighty apostles and disciples of God that Great things are happening in verse 5. It says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. How many of you guys know that's a good deal, right? Churches are growing. Everything's happening. Now watch what happens next. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been, been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they come, came to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Now, wait a minute. These guys are apostles, they're disciples, they're in the Bible. Shouldn't they be able to hear the voice of God? And it looks like, well, they're trying to go one way, and then all of a sudden God says, you're going the wrong way. And then they try to go one way, and it's like, no, you're going the wrong way. It, what's the problem here? Is it that they can't hear from God? No. In fact, they are hearing from God. They're hearing from God. It's just not in the order we think it should be. See, God guides as we move. 
So many times we want to just stay put and expect God to speak to us. But sometimes it's only in the unknown, when you step out into the unknown, that God begins to speak. It's not that God doesn't speak. It's not that God won't speak. It's that he's waiting for us to move before he speaks. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia. So they've tried all these places. What's their conclusion? Concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. In other words, they had to get their feet moving. If you want to go from being stuck to unstuck, if you want to go from from standing in the way to standing in the gap and being used by God, sometimes you have to try to hear the voice of God and do your best just to start moving because God guides as we move. Now, we're going to get very specific right now for us as a church. And I'm getting ready to show you something, just kind of an invitation for you to deal with some very practical things that we're facing as a church this year in 2019, but also a spiritual thing as well. And it's very, 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 very um, exciting for us as a church for what God is going to do next. And so I just want to invite you into our little pre-play as a church and as a leadership team to step out into the unknown. We don't know everything But here's what we believe God is saying. Let's watch. God has put us here for a purpose, and God has been faithful to Journey Church. We have seen so many things happen in the last several years. In fact, six years ago, when we moved into this building, we had about 250 people. Now, over the last six years, we have seen hundreds of people come and join our church. In fact, almost 100 people every single year have joined the church. That's just uncommon. That's crazy. Most of you guys know that we are filled up and we're without capacity to have any more people in the building sometimes, and it's just a great problem to have. It's kind of like with Elisha and the widow, and she had all these uh, this need for oil, and she kept getting jars of oil, and the, the longer she kept getting, the more she kept getting jars of oil, they kept being filled. Well, our lease runs up here at the end of 2019, and so we're at a crossroads as a church, and we've had a building team that's been searching for a next option. We've looked all over the place. We've checked out options of land and buildings, and so far, we just haven't come up with what is next next for us. So what do we do? We, are we to stay stuck in the mud or are we supposed to take steps forward? And so we begin to pray as a leadership team. We begin to ask God, what do we do in the in-between? And so we, we believe that as we prayed that we're supposed to raise our building fund to $1.5 million. Now, that seems like a lot of money. Here's the good news though. Uh, Last year when we opened up and we launched our Stand in the Gap building fund campaign at the very beginning, over the last year, because of the generous sacrifice of so many people, our building fund already has over $118,000 in it. That is amazing, that we should just celebrate that. That is awesome. But here's some even better news on top of that. Because we've been uh, really, really uh, strategic, we've been stuck to our budgets and we've been able to keep our costs low, we've been able to keep our staff lean, we've been able to save a lot of money into our general fund over the last several years. And so as a result of that, our board has chosen to designate $400,000 that we have in our general fund to move it over into the building fund. Guys, that means we already have over a half a million dollars of the 1.5. That is amazing. So 
So I want to challenge some of you right now. Some of you have a gift of giving. You need to get on board and to begin to exercise that gift of giving. As I thought about that number, I thought, man, that is a big number. But then God began to speak to me. He said, Sean, what if what if 10 people gave $25,000? You'd be a quarter of the way there. What if, what if 25 people gave $10,000? You'd be halfway there. What if 50 people gave $5,000? You'd be almost there. And so it's not about equal gifts. It's really about equal sacrifice as we all work together to see what God would do. I believe that some of you have been wondering, you've even wondered this out loud, why am I being blessed so much in this season? And you didn't really even know what to do with it. And so you just, well, I'll pay down my house or I'll put it towards retirement. I just want to suggest, what if God is blessing you so that you can be a conduit of blessing for such a time as this? You could put off something for a year or you could find some uh, something else to do so that you can contribute in a big way to that. And I, that's what I want to challenge you to do, to be able to contribute tribute to what God is doing. There are still other people who say, Sean, Pastor Sean, I can't do anything right now. I, I don't have the extra resources. I want to challenge you as well. I want to challenge you to get your faith out there, to ask God, God, what number would you want to put on my heart that I could believe you for? And the Holy Spirit may drop a number in your heart. You say, well, I don't have that. Well, I, I just want to challenge you to exercise your faith this year, to say, God, if you would give me the resources, I would be a conduit of blessing. And watch this year as God begins to supply in ways you never dreamed he would so that you could be a blessing to see the future happen here at Journey Church. I just want to encourage all of you guys that, that we need to step out into the unknown. You see, sometimes we don't see the answer until we step out in between what we know and what we don't know. And I believe with all my heart that God guides as we move. And so I want to challenge us to take steps of faith as a church because I believe that there, our best days are ahead of us, that the future is bright, and I want to invite you to be a part of what God is going to do for the future of Journey Church. Come on, is anybody excited about that? Because we believe God has great things ahead. And we already have over a half million dollars towards that. It's just been amazing, the faithfulness of God and your faithfulness in giving has allowed that to happen. We're so excited. And again, we're in a situation where we don't know what's next, much like those disciples. But isn't that the fun? I mean, isn't that the fun of just walking by faith? It's just to walk out. Yeah, you could look at it like, oh, this is scary. I don't know what to do. Or you can look at it at the, as the adventure that it is. Again, you can apply all these principles, not just to a building thing, but you can apply them to wherever you're at right now. Some of you guys are stuck right now. Replay the goodness of God. Some of you guys are stuck right now. Preplay where God is taking you. Begin to walk that out by faith. Now, here's the third thing. Don't delay. See, the temptation for us is to say, well, I'll deal with that next week, or I'll, I'll start taking steps you know, tomorrow. Don't delay. We replay, we preplay, and we don't delay. There's always some place for us to start. Let, let me read you a scripture that I read this week that I don't know why, maybe this is just, everybody else has always seen this, but I just saw it like with fresh eyes. It's in Genesis chapter two. It says this in verse five. When no bush of the field was yet, was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was coming up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. 
Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. God is creating, has created the world. Here's what's interesting in this scripture. Evidently, God didn't create the fully formed plant. He didn't just, when he created, boom, here you go. Here's a bush. Here's some blackberry bushes. He, he didn't do that. It says, read it carefully, there was no bush in the field. There was no, land, no, no small plant. So when God finished with the creation, there were no plants. Which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> Here, here's the question. Which came first, the plant or the seed? This is implying that God didn't create plants. He created seeds. And the seeds grew into the plants. It says that God planted a garden. So in other words, God, he planted the seed because God is a seed God. God is a God that believes that when we plant seeds, we, that there, the potential in a seed is way bigger than just the seed itself. And so as an example, he planted seeds in the garden by faith. And then the rain came and the seeds began to grow into the plants. God, God didn't create the plant, he created the seed. And I just want to challenge you, don't count out the power of a seed. Because if you, you say, well, Pastor Sean, all I have is a seed. Don't delay. Allow God to use that seed. And as you sow that by faith, watch what God will do. I'm going to have the ushers come forward at this time. We're going to give you an opportunity as a church to participate. What they're going to be handing out to you is really just a faith promise. It's really, some of you guys, God has already laid something on your heart and you know, I've got a gift of giving. I'm going to give big. I already know what I'm going to do. God's already dropped something on your heart. Some of you guys, you're in a position where you, you say, I really want to participate in what God is doing, but I don't know what that looks like right now. Or I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to take this home. You're going to pray about it. You're going to ask God about it. Some of you guys are in a position where you say, I'd, I don't have this, but all I have is a seed, but I've got a number from God and I'm going to write down my number before God and plant that as a seed, believing that God will bring the resources that he needs to bring. So what I want to do is during this time, as you have this, just take this time with the Lord. You don't even have to do anything with it right now. If, if you do something with it right now, if God lays that on your heart, great. Write that down. You write down one, tear it off, drop that in the offering. Hang on to one for yourself. Put it on your refrigerator. Believe God. Trust God with us. Believe with us as a church as we walk through 2019. And, and, and I believe as we do this, as we take steps of faith and we begin to sow seeds of faith, that when we get to the end of this year, we will be amazed at what has happened. We will be amazed at what God does. And we, as we begin to move, because God guides as we move, we'll be amazed at what God puts in front of us. And so we're going to close up the, this evening by showing a video that many of you guys have probably seen. It's on our website. It's our 10-year anniversary video, so it's a couple years old. But somebody suggested that we show this from the very beginning for those of you guys who have not seen this. And just during this time, just kind of just get 
through the eye of faith, to start to pre-play. I mean, we're looking back, we're replaying, but start to pre-play through the eye of faith how God wants you to stand in the gap, not just for, for us as a church, for as a church, for our building, but just in every area of your life. And at some point, you may be even, you know, uh, challenged to write those numbers down. God may give it to you right now. God may have you go home as a sp- as, as married couple and to pray over that, or as a family, to pray over that and to come back and We're going to give regular updates as well. But I just want to challenge you. Now's the time to get some seed in the ground. Do you realize this is how God works? He's a seed God. When we sow seeds of faith, he brings a harvest that we never dreamed. And so let's go ahead and let's roll this video. In 2006, I was walking around and I was praying in a field and God started to plant a seed of a dream in my heart. And it was the seed for this church called Journey Church. And this came at a totally unexpected time because even though I'd grown up in in ministry, I'd been a youth pastor for several years. I saw thousands of teenagers impacted for Christ over those years. God had called me out of that season and into a brand new one where I thought maybe my ministry season was over. And so as I entered the field that day, the last thing I was expecting was for God to plant something in my heart, let alone for it to be a church. But a lot of times that's just the way that God works. So sometimes God plants something in you that he knows is his dream and not your dream. And so God planted that dream for this church in my heart. And why Journey Church? Because we're all somewhere along this spectrum of being far from God to experiencing ultimate real life in Christ. And so I started to ask a question. What would it look like if a group of people got together that was all out and all in for seeing that come to pass, to see people far from God rescued with real life in Christ? So there we were with no money, just a handful of people, and we gathered together in my living room in in my little house in Cameron, Missouri. And we began to dream. We began to think, what would happen if we could just start from scratch? If we could just dream of the church that that, uh, God would put in our heart, what would that look like? And so I remember some of the things that I wrote down that evening as, as we began to dream of what a church might look like. I began to dream of a church that would have an impact on the community around them. I began to dream of a church that would befriend tax collectors and sinners for the saving of their soul, just like Jesus. And so we launched out in October of 2006 in the community center there in Liberty, Missouri, with just a guitar and a small group of people. The community center didn't last that long, and we moved over to Northview Elementary for a season, and then shortly after that, we moved to the theater there in Liberty, Missouri, the B&B. Now, the thing about the theater is the floors were all sticky, the place smelled like popcorn, but the seats were really, really comfortable. The problem is no one was sitting in the seats, which is really discouraging as a pastor. So the worship team would get up, and I'd be the congregation, then we'd switch places, and they would I would preach to the worship team. And then finally it happened, we had our first visitor, the first person that we didn't know beforehand and the first person who wasn't related to any of us there. And so we thought maybe God's in this thing. And and so even though we were only there for eight months, it felt like eight years, but God began to move us on in that time period and he moved us to Shoal Creek Elementary School. We went from the most comfortable chairs in town to the worst chairs in town. And so for the next five years, we would set up and tear down in this school gymnasium every single week. So these were years of doubting, 
Have we heard from God? These are years of boarding burnout from the grind of setting up and tearing down every single Sunday. But these were also encouraging years, years where God was helping to form who we would be as a people, who we would be as a church, helping to form our identity. We went into that uh, location with 38 people, and by the time we exited Shoal Creek Elementary, we added services and we had over 250 people. But it was time for us to take a step of faith. And I knew that it was time to either grow it or kill it. And so it was going to be our biggest step of faith yet. In 2012, we started to look around for a permanent facility, and the only place we could find, it would require twice as much money as we had in the bank just to do the renovations. So that was a gut check for our faith. Is God really in this thing? In December of that year, we took up an offering, a special offering, and in one offering, $50,000 came in. And so the Journey Church of 2012 sacrificed to allow Journey Church of today to be possible. And so over the next three months, we began to renovate that facility. And people began to pour their time and their energy tirelessly into renovating the building. It was like a picture of the body of Christ. You could see pieces of people in different parts of the building as they gave their time to it. In fact, as we looked at the auditorium that we were going to get, uh, it had been empty since the very beginning of when that building was built in 2006. It was like God saying that I, I prepared this for you even when I put that dream in your heart and it's just been waiting for you ever since. So over the last three years, we've grown like crazy. We've added services. We've doubled during that time. And we've learned this lesson, that as we continue to take steps of faith, that God rewards those steps with multiplication. It's an amazing journey that we've been on so far. And as we look back at our story, it's not a story of buildings. It's not a story of locations. It's a story about steps of faith and transformed lives. It's the stories of the many people who've been saved, the many people who've been healed and baptized. It's about transformed lives and families that have come to know Christ. It's about marriages that have been restored. It's about the impact on the community. And so as we look back, it's really more about looking forward because we have so much to look forward to. And so I asked the question, what would it look like 10 years from now when we look back over the next 10 years? What will it look like? And my hope, my prayer is that we would be able to see the dream continue, that we would see many thousands of people who are far from God rescued with real life in Christ. Amen. Would you guys stand up with me? Can you just take a hold of that faith promise? And even if you don't feel like you're supposed to do something with it right now, let's just hold, hold them, onto them and just as a touch point of faith and let's just pray over that. And I just wanna encourage you guys to, to be led by the Spirit, to be open to the, the, the voice of God. Lord, we just thank you so much. We do thank you for the sacrifice of the Journey Church of 2012 that, that allowed many people to come into this place the last six years had their lives changed, marriages healed, saved, delivered, growing in Christ, kids baptized. We thank you so much for all that you've done over the last six years. Lord, I just declare that the Journey Church of 2019 are, are gonna be the kind of people that we, we're gonna sacrifice to see what you would do many years from now, to sacrifice to see many lives changed, many people healed and saved and delivered and marriages put back together that, that friends that we don't know yet will come and, and, and will connect and, and lives that, that need healing will be, will be healed and, and people who feel disconnected, the fatherless will come and meet the Father, the ultimate Father. Lord, we declare that. We believe for good things ahead. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to participate, you can go to journeykc.com slash stand. That's really easy. Slash stand. All the information's right there. But as we close, I really want to encourage you to go beyond just thinking the, the building situation and our next step is really the illustration for the message. Because some of you guys right now, you feel stuck. And I want to take just a moment to pray for you. So with, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, you say, Pastor Sean, I, you're speaking to me. I feel stuck. Just go ahead and lift up your hand just so I can pray for you right now. All right, thank you guys. All right, thank you guys. Right now, I just want to encourage you to replay the goodness of God, put it on repeat. Begin to partner with the Holy Spirit and pre-play. Don't be wallowing in the now, but begin to pre-play what he has for you next by faith. And don't delay. Start with something now. God guides as we move. So those of them here, God, right now that are stuck, we pray for breakthrough. We pray for encouragement. We pray for strength. We pray that as we take steps of faith, that breakthrough follows, that, that as we take steps of faith, that multiplication in life happens, that multiplication of joy, the most multiplication of resources, multiplication of peace. Lord, we thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna share a scripture for somebody. I don't know who it's for. Just thought of this. since Jude turned right open to it. So this is like awesome. With one hand. Jude chapter 1 verse 2 it says this just thought may mercy peace and love be multiplied to you sometimes we think that either we have it or we don't but wherever you're at right now God can multiply mercy in your life he can multiply peace he can multiply love and that's what I speak over us today so let's worship the Lord one more time